Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. And this is really cool. Listen to this. Uh, Sam Coffey and the Iron Lungs. Last time they played here in London, Ontario. This is them over at Music Hall. And on guitar for this song, at the time she was nine years old, a London girl named Violet. Well, Violet has been invited back up on stage tomorrow night with Sam Coffey and the Iron Lungs to perform again. They they really like her, and she joins us here in the studio. Good morning, Violet. Hi. That's quite an honor. You're like an unofficial member of the band. You're like one of the Iron Lungs now, almost. Kind of. <laughs> now, how, how did you learn to play guitar at such a young age, Violet? Um, well, my dad and my mom got me guitar for Christmas, and um, on January, I wanted to take lessons. And you started uh, going to Girls Rock Camp, which is a really cool thing here in London, right? Yeah. I actually have a band in um, London Girls Rock Camp, and it's Vanta Black. Vanta Black? Vanta. Vanta? What does that mean? What's the name mean? Um, it's like a black that absorbs all light. Oh yeah, the blackest of blacks. Yeah, yeah. that's hardcore. How? What kind of music does your band play? Um, rock and roll and other stuff. Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like Sam Coffee and the Iron Lungs. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Nice. Well, you are so close with the band; mm-hmm. they have given you their phone number. And we thought it would be cool to call Sam Coffey this morning and have you interview him on FM 96. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hey, Violet. How's it going? Um, good. That's good. Hi, Sam. It's Taz and Jim at FM 96. Hey, Taz and Jim, how's it going? Good. We're doing good, but we're just here to observe because Violet, she's ready to interview you. She's even written an introduction and everything, okay? Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Anytime you're ready, Violet. Wait, do I do my introduction? Yeah, do the introduction. Hi, my name is Violet, and I'm playing a show with Sam Coffey in the the Iron Lungs, Drew Thompson Foundation, and my guitar teacher, Eric Spann, Red Arms. Eric and I have been working really hard on the songs, and we changed my strings on Sunday, so it should sound pretty good. That's so great. Now, Sam is on the phone. What would you like to ask him? Okay, what is your purpose here on Earth? <laughs> oh, that's a tough, tough hey, question. you lead with that one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I, Violet, I think my personal purpose is to rock. And I think that might be uh, that might be all of our purpose, including yours. Yeah. Okay, I have a second question. What is your favorite movie and book, and do things like movies and books inspire your music? Yeah, movies and books definitely inspire music. A lot of the times when I write songs, I'm like I'm like playing a movie in my head. So movies definitely inspire when I write music. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Dunstan Checks In. It's about a larcenous orangutan that gets set loose in a luxury hotel. <laughs> um, you guys should check it out. It's got Jason Alexander George from Seinfeld, and it's really great. Yeah, yeah I've uh, seen Dunstan Jackson. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, monkey, monkey movies from the 90s are my favorite. And uh, I'm reading a great book right now called Crazy Town by Robin Doolittle, and it's about the, uh, it's about, uh, the Rob Ford. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Dunstan checks in, I think, is appropriate for you. You may want to hold off on the Rob Ford book. Though, yeah, hold on. Yeah, wait, wait till that's uh, like uh, reading in, in high school or something like that, Violet. But Dunstan checks in is a great movie. Ten-year-old <laughs> Violet plays guitar. She's getting on stage with Sam Coffee and the Iron Lungs at Music Hall this week. She's interviewing Sam Coffee right now. Go ahead, Violet. Next question. Okay. Um, I really like your golden capes. And did you buy it or did someone make it? I actually had that made by my very talented friend, Amanda Flynn. She works in the film industry, and she's a costumer. And uh, we were discussing making a nice Elvis-like cape for me with, for me for a long time. And I went to her, and she just looked at me for like 30 seconds, and then she's like, all right, I got it. And then a couple days later, she had that ready for me. Is the she's cape going to be worn at uh, Rum Runners at Music Hall? This week, it, abso- it absolutely is. It, a- it has to be every show. I have to get, I have to get a lot more capes made. But yeah, it, it absolutely will be there. My favorite Sam Coffee in the Iron Lung song is Voicemail. What's your favorite um, song that you wrote, and what's your favorite song that another band wrote? My favorite song that I've written, if I may be so bold, is probably uh, a new song that we have that we're actually going to play at the Rum Runners uh, show. So that'll be really exciting. Uh, collectively, our favorite song to play is any song we play with you, Violet. When you come up and rock, us, rock with us on stage, it's so fun. And we have such a great time. Um, that You can say us. thank you to that, Violet. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, favorite song from another band, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. That is a good song. Have you heard yeah. that one, Violet? Yes. Yeah. Violet, mm-hmm. do you know what song you're performing with Sam Coffee in the Iron Lungs? Um, Ragnarok and Voicemail. Double? You're yeah. doing two? Holy. She's doing a twofer. Wow. Violet's been working really hard with her guitar teacher, Eric, and I've seen the videos in progression, and she's ready to rock it. It's She's playing so well. She's worked so hard for this. How right. many times, Sam, does Violet have to perform with the band before she gets her own cape? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> can I have can I have one of the capes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it might be a bit big on you, but uh, you just got to talk to Amanda maybe, and then she can hook it up. But I, but yeah, I, I, if the cape, but yeah, definitely you should you should have a cape, Violet. a black cape that absorbs all light around it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have any more questions, Violet? I have one more. Okay, the grand finale here. Ten-year-old Violet is going to be performing guitar on stage with Sam Coffee over at Rum Runners. After the first question, I can only imagine what you've saved for the end here. If you had to choose a wild animal to keep, what would it be? Oh, good one. To keep? Like as my pet? Yes. Among a larcenous orangutan, of course. <laughs> in a luxury hotel. Yeah, in a luxury hotel. <laughs> I would love to have a pet monkey. What about you, Violet? What pet would you keep? I have three. What do you have? Okay, what are yours? Okay, they're kind of mixed animals. But I have a sharkodile. Which end is the front and which end is the back of a sharkodile? Is it a shark head on a crocodile body or a crocodile head on a shark body? A crocodile body on a shark's head. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, sharkodile. That's what I would have gone with. (laughs) And then um, a panther and then a mark. A what? A mark. What's that? Um, A shark and a monkey. 
<laughs> now imagine that thing checking into a luxury hotel. <laughs> Talk about chaos. George oh from Seinfeld would be in big trouble there. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> then I have an ending. I yeah, we're, we're there. It's yeah. time for the ending, Violet. Okay. I just want to say thank you to Eric, Sam, and London Girls Rock Camp and my van- and my band, Vanta Black, are playing Grickle Grass on Saturday. And I'm also playing Call of the Office with my friend Dylan's band, Strange Ways. Okay. You wanted to say That's thank you awesome. to us? I thought you were going to thank <laughs> Sam Coffee and Iron Lungs for having you on stage, but you yeah. just have used us all so you could promote your own gig on Saturday night, Violet. Thank you, Violet, and we can't wait to see you rock all over the city this week. Yeah. Sam Coffee and the Iron Lungs will see you at London Music Hall, Rum Runners. If you want details, fm96.com. Check out the concert page. Bye. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. We've got uh, Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett, documentary filmmakers in studio with us. Action figures. This is your new project. And it's a docu-series. So, like, uh, it's going to be multiple episodes of you guys going around to different places hunting for some of the most collectible action figures out there. Yeah, we're looking to do a 10-part series with the whole trajectory of the hunt from episode 1 to 10. You'll see kind of how the whole adventure pans out. Alongside Jay's adventures, you'll see different segments on the toy design process, how we've played differently through the eras, why things have changed, how things have been sculpted. You'll hear from the creators from G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, of course, and all the brands that we grew up that really shaped us. Now there's a there's a one a series on Netflix that is similar, but this is going to be a deeper kind of dive, and you're going to get more into the collectors and people who yeah. are who are obsessed with this kind of stuff, yeah, so right? Toys that made us great series. I mean, if you watch it and they got your favorite brand on there, you know whether it's Star Wars or He-Man or Joe, like you're going to be in paradise for those 30 minutes. What we're trying to do is not do a history lesson, not just the seeds of how these things started, but the impact, the evolution, why these things mattered, how they shaped us. Good going forward not just where they came from jay you're on camera for the uh, the docu-series i am i'm the hunter that's what i do i collect things so. what is your <laughs> what is your holy grail what what is the toy the action figure that you have been searching for well you're allowed to say go ahead <laughs> I'm, i have to look at rob i feel like i'm in star wars i have to Look at George to make sure I'm allowed no to talk about it. Yeah, spoil it. Come well, on. we can't tell you what we've collected so far because we've been yeah. filming for a few months. But Jay's got a list, much like Nintendo Quest had a list. But Jay, what is your what is your go after right now? What is that number one thing that you're hoping to get? So we're gonna do an auction. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the holy grail out of everything, I would say, would probably be a vinyl cape Jawa from Star Wars. <laughs> Or Jim, come on. the USS flag from G.I. Joe, which is the biggest playset that was ever created. It's seven and a half feet long of uh-huh. pure awesomeness. Okay, oh, I, I, I remember that thing. I, Jim, I've, you're laughing. I've seen the vinyl cape Jawa before. It seems like such an obscure, even Star Wars reference. Why is this thing so hard to find and so special? So it was one of the original 12 figures, and when it came out... Um, Hasbro wasn't quite happy with the design because the Jawas have cloth 
capes or mm-hmm. cloaks, whatever you want to call it. So the vinyl cape Jawa was released a little bit and then pulled off the shelves and then redesigned with a cloth cape. So the, the one with the vinyl is short printed and very rare. Okay. So you're looking at 12000 for a carded carded uh, vinyl cape jaw while there. Did you pay for tips? Because I may know a guy who has the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier in his basement. Oh, yeah? Does it come with boxes at 100% complete? Don't lie to me. Don't get my heart going, Taz. <laughs> oh, no. You just opened Pandora's box. <laughs> I just opened G.I. Joe's box. I, I have not seen the box, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does have it. Well, See, hey, let's, uh, let's sort this out. Sometimes the boxes on these things, the packaging is more valuable than the actual toy or figure, right? And, and what's great about the USS flag in particular is that everybody our age knew a kid who had it. We didn't have it, but somebody yeah. knew someone who had it in and their you're basement. you're always so jealous of that yeah. kid. Oh, I so Spoiled was. Spoiled brat. It always <laughs> comes down to three things, too, when you're doing the hunting. What's the condition? You know, what is the completeness of it? Does it have all the accessories and the box? And then what's the price? So you got to weigh all three before you can make any deal kind of happen. Mm. Action figures here in studio with us. Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett taking your action figure related questions. Let's go to the phones. Hey, who's this? Uh, my name is Matt. Matt, what uh, toy do you want to ask the action figures guys about? Well, my wife stumbled upon uh, an old suitcase full of Barbies, and uh, in there was uh, like a Luke Perry Barbie. Barbie doll. Are, are are Barbie dolls considered action figures, first of all? Well, I mean, the line between action figures and dolls are pretty blurred, right? G.I. Joe was a male action figure doll answer to the Barbie. Um, they have the accessories. It's not something we're after, but is the Luke Perry one worth something? I mean, the Luke Perry one is from the Beverly Hills 90210 line. Um, <laughs> and absolutely, after his passing, unfortunately, he passed. After that, yeah, it's 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 worth some money. It would go up in value. It, it would naturally. These would it be worth do. you know tens of dollars, hundreds of dollars? I can't give you a dollar amount. Again, we're not the doll guys, but <laughs> and it depends on the condition, as you were saying, yeah, right? I would say definitely, definitely check it out. Um, go on eBay. Stuff sold. I would uh, base your price off that, or bring sure. it into Heroes downtown here in London, or Dark Matter in St. Thomas. These guys can help you out. All right, man. Is Thanks. it in the box? It is not in the box. Mm. Oh, wow. Well. Mm. <laughs> ah, just throw it out the car window then. <laughs> back, back to the suitcase. Yeah, thanks. Hey, FM 96, who's this? Hey, this is Eric. Eric, what toy uh, question do you have for the action figures, guys? Okay, so I've got uh, the Hall of Fame Joes. They're, I've got Duke and Cobra Commander. They're out of their boxes. I've got almost all the accessories for them. I was just wondering what kind of value those things have. Uh, for the 2008 Hall of Famers, not a whole lot, unfortunately. In card, they're still only about uh, 10 or 20 bucks each. Those haven't really gone up in value. So, Are these like reissues of the yeah, original G.I. Joe the, characters? the big anniversary of G.I. Joe's they reissued um, on the original Hector Garrido um, art, which is really nice. But they've all been, the molds have all been redone. So they're not worth a ton, unfortunately. I'd say, you know, 20 bucks max. Okay. The artwork on the packaging for those old G.I. Joes was pretty cool. Like, oh, yeah. Do, do people, 
is there a place that has all the originals, or are there people who own like the original artwork from that GI Joe? Well, stuff? like most of the stuff, even with the video game stuff, a lot of this art got junked when you know after it was photographed. See you later. We don't care about history. Some of it made its way. We know some creators like Ron Rudad, who was a lead designer on GI Joe, went dumpster diving to save some of this stuff. Hmm. So some of it's in personal collectors. Some of it are the people that own it, but a lot of it gone. Gone. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Hey, FM 96, you're on with uh, Rob and Jay from Action Figures. What do you want to know? Uh, just curious. Um, I think I still have it somewhere downstairs. Uh, how much would something like oh, the uh, Knight Industries voice car from Knight Rider with Michael Knight action figure would be? Well, that always depends on the quality, right? Like, it would it, be worth more in Germany. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. Probably more in Germany. Anything, yeah. it's it's worth six hundred Deutschmarks, <laughs> and that's what thirty dollars here in Canada. I we don't know. They on, love on they love day. they love Hasselhoff over there. But would that be something that people would be after? Jay? It, it's sought after. There's always those uh, niche toy lines that came out, like Hardcastle and McCormick. And I used to have a model of uh, the uh, Coyote of Hardcastle. There you Coyote. go. Yeah. So. So, so I can't give you a dollar amount off the top of my head, um, but I would say as long as the stickers, especially on the inside of the car, as long as those are intact and Michael Knight's in pretty good shape, yeah, there's there's people that are willing to pay an arm and a leg for this stuff. So, <laughs> And it has to have all the arms and legs on the action figure. <laughs> Preferably, if, yeah. If you want to make an arm and a leg <laughs> off of it. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck. Jim, you got a text message question here? Yeah, a few questions coming in from one of the hottest toys ever. Are they worth money? Beanie Babies. Are they bouncing back? Unfortunately, no, they aren't. They they really tanked. Uh, I can't answer as to why that is. I think the Princess Diana one might be worth yeah the purple bear a little bit. Oh, oh, still, I just want to be clear that was for the all the other Beanie Babies, not Princess Diana. <laughs> Thanks. Timing is everything. Right. My, my grandma had hundreds of be- Beanie Babies. I think it was her retirement plan. At my one mom. Point. My mom does too. Yeah, they're just sitting in a bin now. Unfortunately. Yeah. If they make something and it's like, hey, this is collectible, they tell you how collectible it is, it's probably not going to be the it, most collectible thing in the world, That's right? the sign that you should probably not spend money on it, hoping that it's going to go up in value, because it probably mm. won't. What about the Beanie Babies, the full McDonald's Beanie Baby set? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the same thing. Fast food versions <laughs> of stuff usually aren't worth more. Not no? changing here. Not novelty-wise? <laughs> no. Nice try, though. <laughs> Action figures, new docu-series being filmed around the area by Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett. And what is this about an auction? You guys have an action figure auction going on? Yeah, we're partnering with Children's Health Foundation to not just collect all these toys for our own personal shelves to show off how awesome we are, the nice, you know, expensive things we find. But why not take our knowledge and skills of toys put them in an auction with all proceeds to help kids and kind of improve their quality of life. Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett from the London area, and they're doing great things with action figures around town and uh, all over the world. Thanks, guys. Thanks, gents. Cheers. We were talking about this guy who was on America's Got Talent last night. He's a 60-year-old dude, and he was doing impressions from the Star Wars movies. In a galaxy far, far away. Join me, Luke. Join me on the dog side. I'll never join you! Pretty good. Ah! <laughs> Hello, Master Luke! Master Luke! Look and look to the door, look and look to the door. It's a trap. <laughs> Good day, Walker, Luke, Good job, huh? 
go ahead, young Skywalker. Join me and your father on the dark side of the fort. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. Yeah. The judges on America's Got Talent love this guy. Uh, the audience was going crazy. And one of our FM 96 listeners got in touch with us, said, my husband went to high school with that dude. He's from Woodstock. His name is Greg Morton. He used to uh, be a wedding DJ in the Woodstock area back in the day, and he's gone on to become a, a very funny comedian. Well, moments ago, we got another call from someone from Woodstock about Greg Morton. Uh, somebody at work was telling me when they got here, you're talking about Greg Morton this morning? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, I just, uh, what were they trying to do? Find out how to get a hold of him? Yeah, do you know how to get a hold of him? No, but I was the last wedding he DJed. <laughs> October 1985, he DJed my wedding. I've got pictures of my photo album of him on stage. He'd come out to Jailhouse Rock, run across like Tom Cruise in a jailhouse outfit. Uh-huh. I got him wearing a skirt. He lifts up the skirt, and he has a big plastic butt under there. He moons everybody. <laughs> so he was and a real entertainer even back he, when he was emceeing. He was young. Yeah, he was weddings. He was from Woodstock at the time, but he's in L.A. now, right? That's what yeah. I've been told. And I seen him at Yuck Yuck, so quite a few years ago, my wife and I made a trip there just because he was there. Uh-huh. And the stupidest thing I ever did was let him know, hey, remember, you were, You probably don't remember me, but you DJed our wedding. It was the last one you did. And he picked us picked on us all night. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> was he still wearing his plastic ass? <laughs> Uh, uh, not at that time, no. But uh, a guy got pitched. A guy at work, I was telling him, it was funny. We were talking about comedians last week. And I said, have you ever heard of Greg Morton? He goes, no. So I Googled him. I said, watch this clip on my phone. Did you know he night. was on America's Got Talent last night? No, I didn't. Now, he told me this morning. I thought, are you kidding me? I thought, why is he? He doesn't need the money for that. But ah. he is an entertainer. Yeah, I'll take the money for anything. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I hadn't heard of him. I didn't know he was from Woodstock, but now I'm his biggest fan. I'm he on the Raptors like, bandwagon and the Greg Martin bandwagon. Yeah. Thanks he, for the call, is, man. He's, he's hilarious. Yeah, and you're, st- you're still married. And I'm still married. There you go. Happy yeah. ending. Yeah, thanks. Join me, Luke. Join me on the dog side. I'll never join you! This one's actually from Canada. Here's an example of one of the headlines that caught our attention this morning. Cheese smuggler receives $30,000 fine in Brockville, Ontario. (laughs) Cheese smuggler. That sounds like an insult. Yeah. You work hard your whole life as a bricklayer, and then you smuggle cheese once, (laughs) and from then on, you're Terry the Cheese Smuggler. (laughs) Guy uh, was... Crossing with 3,990 kilograms of cheese. Holy. These are skids, like skids in a truck. Hey, full you don't of know cheese. this guy. Oh, skids on the, okay. Skids in the truck full of cheese, and uh, they they found it. He's now facing a $30,000 fine. He'll have five years to pay the fine with a minimum payment of $1,000 each year. I mean, if you're going to smuggle something into a country, why not go with something more elaborate than cheese? Is cheese that much cheaper? I'd love to hear from somebody who who does some cross-border shopping here. Is cheese way cheaper in the United States? Hmm. Is it worth it to to smuggle cheese or try to smuggle cheese across the border? Or does the cheese taste better? What would this guy's motivation be? Give us a call. Let us know. 
you if you yourself are a cheese smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I mean, if the cheese came from Green Bay, I bet it's quality. Right. You know? This guy, if he got away with smuggling 3,990 kilograms of cheese, I have a feeling next time he crossed the border, he'd be smuggling about... 3,990 kilograms of laxatives. (laughs) (laughs) I made a huge mistake. (laughs) He's got to pay $30,000 in fines, and he's not going to poop for the next five years. (laughs) Got some calls coming in. Hi, FM 96. Hey there, Chad. How you doing? Good. Is cheese way cheaper in the United States? Yeah, I mean, I truck it. I bring it across the border all the time, and a lot of guys, they want me to bring it over there. Especially guys that order mozzarella cheese for doing pizza. Okay. It's so damn expensive over here. And uh, back in the States, it's, it's, a, it's like half the price, a quarter of the price. I wonder, I don't know that much about farming, but I wonder if it's like the dairy quota system up here that kind of slows things down a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, they got a quarter down there, too. They just don't see nothing put up. So they're subsidized real heavy down there, too. Hmm. So half price, even with the exchange rate, it's cheaper to get your cheese in the U.S. Oh, yo, definitely. Even milk, any milk products, like they buy it by the gallon, it's way cheaper still. And you got seven days to drink four thousand gallons of milk. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this guy gonna sell? He must have been selling the cheese. He must have a buddy who works in the Ingersoll cheese plant or something, <laughs> or, or has a restaurant. Like, yeah. you cannot eat all that cheese yourself. Well, there you go. Pretty cheap <laughs> to get cheese down in the United States, apparently. But be warned, they will ding you at the border if they catch you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra. We are playing fake news. You choose. And John is our contestant. Good morning, John. Good morning. So the game is pretty simple. We give you a headline, and it's either a real news story or a fake one that Jim and I have made up. You guess which is which enough times, and you are a winner this morning, okay? Okay. First headline, a guy gets fired for his loud self-pleasuring sessions at work and then sues his company because he claims he didn't know it was wrong. Uh, Fake news. I am sorry. No, that's a real news story. Pile of garbage. (laughs) Audibly making noise? Yeah. Everyone knows if you're going to do that in the workplace, you want to go stealth mode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What did he, what was he saying? What is wrong with me? On the top of his lungs when he was finished? He was, he was saying, this feels good, eh? Because he was a Canadian guy from Nova Scotia. Uh He was uh, pleasuring himself (laughs) loudly at work. More than once, he was caught. Uh, There was multiple complaints about moaning and heavy breathing. (laughs) They told him to stop. He kept doing it. So they fired him. He sued the company, said he didn't know it was an issue because the manager would joke around about it. He also thought it was okay as long as no one was in the stall next to him in the uh, restroom at work. But uh, the judge was having none of it. The case got thrown out of court. Next headline. Fake news. You choose here. Chicago man rescued from 32nd floor after attempting to climb skyscraper with toilet plungers. Uh, True. Failing <laughs> pile of garbage. We've all had that fantasy, though, right? When I was a kid, I thought for sure you could do that. I think that's how the Ninja Turtles did it back in the day. All the way up to the 32nd floor. <laughs> that's a pretty good impression. That's a fake, uh, that's a fake story. You need, to, you need to turn this around here, okay? Okay. All right. Headline is, 
Woman arrested for spanking her 26-year-old stepson with a belt when he misses curfew. Fake news you choose. True? Yeah. You You are fake news. This happened in Florida. Here's a Florida story for you. Stepson got home half an hour after curfew on Sunday night. She grabbed the belt to give him a spanking. She whipped him 11 times across his butt before he told her to stop. She said, no, you were 30 minutes late. That means you get 30 licks, meaning there was 19 still to go. Guy took off, called the cops, and the stepmom was arrested for domestic battery. Good. It sounds all sorts of inappropriate, I got to say. And it also sounds like maybe it's time for him to move out of the house, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, You might want to give it a try, see how that goes. Yeah. Next headline, fake news you choose. Trend alert, smelly buttons is the new air freshener made just for your belly button. Fake news. You are fake news. We almost went with jelly buttons. (laughs) The jam made just for your belly button. It's about time, I say. We thought the the smelly buttons was more believable. You didn't fall for it, though, and now you need this one for the win. Fake news you choose. Headline is, a driver runs off during a police chase, leaving behind his prosthetic leg wearing a crock. Uh, we'll go true. True. Prosthetic leg had a crock on. Yes. You are fake news. <laughs> this uh, took place down there in Indianapolis, and we've actually got some uh, some witness accounts of what went down. Oh, my God. It was about probably 11, 11.30, somewhere around there. We were sitting in the front room. We heard gunshots, it sounded like to me, and then we heard all kinds of sirens. It was a big old bang. I thought maybe they were up there trying to steal equipment off of the bridge where they have been up there working on it or something. That's what I first thought. Then we seen a guy run down the hill, and he was crawling on his hands and knees. And he crawled through his hands and knees all the way through my yard till he got to the side fence. The driver left behind a prosthetic leg. That's why he was crawling through my yard. That makes sense. (laughs) Wearing a crock. (laughs) I heard all these sirens. That was the best part. The sirens. What was going on? We were sitting in the front room. We heard gunshots, it sounded like to me. And then we heard all kinds of sirens. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.